It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here again. It's been about four years already that I've been coming here. You've been uh, so gracious in inviting me here to address our beautiful and gorgeous Jewish listeners out there all over the world. And uh, we are on a very, very special day and week. We've been celebrating the glorious and holy, very, very holy holiday of Hanukkah. Hanukkah, eight days of Hanukkah. And we're reading, we're uh, saying the Hallel for eight days, Hallel Gamur for eight days. It's an unbelievable thing. And this holiday happened, we're commemorating it from 2,150 years ago. Over 2,000 years ago, we're still remembering Hanukkah with the... the uh, the evil Greeks, read it every day, they were wicked, wicked Greeks. Who were they so wicked? They were even worse than the Nazis. They were worse than Haman. Haman and the Nazis wanted to destroy our bodies. Now, a person, he still has Olam But these Greeks, they wanted to destroy our souls, our Neshamot. And this is worse than losing your body. Neshama, that's forever. Nesach, Nesach, Nesach. So the, we, are, we are thinking about the Greeks. The, the, is not, the Greeks are dead. They're under the ground. They've been gone. They're gone forever. Like all the Guim, all the empires of, uh, of antiquity, they are not here anymore. The only empire that's still here, the only nation that's still here, in the Nesah Nesahim is the Am Yisrael, Am Hashem. It's, it's um, uh, Beni Bechori Yisrael. The firstborn of Hashem, they're still here. That is a, a testimony to Hashem Himself that He's He's forever, and we're forever. But those those Greeks and the actually you have to know that it wasn't necessarily the Greek Empire that really was against the Jewish people. They really didn't care. Again, if the Jewish people lived, they, as long as they paid their taxes, they were fine with that. But it was the Mitzavnim, it was the Hellenized Jews, it was the Jews that tried that turned to be Greek themselves. They were sucked into the Greek um, culture. They, they, were, they, were, they were doing what the Greek, the Greek culture was very enticing. It's an enticing culture. It was hefkerut, a culture of hedonism, of doing what you want, of, of giving into your yetzerara. Giving into your yetzerara. Yetzerara tries to tell you that he's your buddy. Yetzerara tries to tell you he's your friend. He's demyon, but he's a demyon. It's only an illusion. He tells you, come on, have a few drinks, have a few this. It's fun. It's, it looks and to tell you, it, And when you first do these things, they're... Fun to your body, a lot of fun, but he really is trying to kill you. Yes, that's trying to kill you. So the Jewish people in those in those days, they were being sucked in, they were being killed spiritually by the Yetzirah of hedonism, and and they became even allegiant, allegiant to the Greek culture, the Greek empire, and went so far as they were handing in Jews basically to the Greeks. The Jewish people that wanted to stay religious, they wanted to do Berit Milah, they wanted to keep Shabbat, they wanted to keep Rosh Chodesh, they were they were they were traitors. They were telling on them to the Greek uh, government uh, in order to get a reward for those things. And we have to know the the Greeks went after us in those three things at least, maybe more. At least Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, and Milah. And they, they knew that that was the essence of a Jew. They also went after Tamu Torah as well. That that's the essence of a Jew. We have to know today that is what we have to go after even more. The Jew that keeps Shabbat, he's a Jew. The Jew that keeps Berit Milah, he's a Jew. The Jew that is learning Torah, he's the Jew. And the one that, uh, that keeps Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh means holidays. Rosh Chodesh means you're keeping all the holidays. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, Kippur. From Rosh Chodesh, you can establish the holidays. So that is the essence of a Jew. And the Greeks knew that. And they tried to go to the core, the essence of the Jew. And they attacked those items of Judaism. And we have to know 
it's an important thing we we have to know that where where was this what was it about the Greeks that made them what zechut did they have so to speak that they were able to rule the whole world that's a very big question nothing happens by itself Hashem is running the world but what did the Greeks do in their uh, do the the original Greek what did he do to merit such a reward that he was able to have have grand dominion over the world well Rabbi Miller and the Chumash points to Yefet you have to know. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Yefet. Now Shem, that's the Semites, that's us, that's the uh, the uh, Yishmaelim, and also you have the you have the Ham, that's Beneham, the Kushim, Kna'anim, that's Beneham. But the Yefet, that's the, the Persians. So it says over there, yeah, the, the Persian Yefet, what did the original Yefet? Well, he did something very, very good. You have to know when Noah, Noah was the uh, Anak Sheba Anakim. He was a giant of a man. He saved the whole world. He was a prophet. God spoke to Noah. And Noah had a, a, a tafkid, which was a, a very tough job of, of t- uh, tending to all the animals and going through a devastation of the world. Could you imagine that? Noah went through and saw the devastation of the world, like an atomic world, like, like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He saw the, the end product, that there was no world left over there. He opened up the window, he came out the door, Mafi she, no world over there, no people, nothing. Only him and his his children, his wives and his sons and their wives. And that was it, nothing left. So it was not such a pretty sight for Noah, and uh, it wouldn't be a pretty sight for anybody. And he, what did he do? Well, we know he planted, he had to replant the world. But the first thing he planted was, uh, according to the Chachamim, was a mistake. He planted a vineyard. He should have planted wheat, bread, staples. He planted a vineyard, and as it as it happened, <coughs> he was able to to get wine from that from that from that uh, from those grapes. And he drank too much wine, and he was naked in the tent, and so on and so forth. So when Shem, the, the, the big Sadiq, Shem saw he, that his father fell get you know fell naked without his clothes in the tent, it was a big bushah. It was an embarrassment for his, for the Noah. So Shem. Walked into the tent backwards. He didn't want to look at his father's nakedness, certainly. And he carried a blanket to, to cover his father. Carried a blanket to cover his father. He got a big reward for that. Now, at the end of the... But, but uh, Yefet, Yefet saw what his brother was doing. He saw his brother was doing something good. <clears throat> so what did he do? He picked up the edge of the blanket. And Yefet, and Shem didn't need him to help him at all. But he, he wanted to help. He picked it up anyway by himself. And he went to help. <clears throat> do the mitzvah of covering his father. And because he picked up that edge with a blanket, he got a reward, Ad Bilidai. He got a reward, unbelievable reward. Now, Shem's reward was that he that Hashem should, Yishkom Ba'od Hashem, that God's Shekhinah will be forever um, dwelling in the tents of Shem. That's us. And the, um, but Yefet, what did he get? Yaft Elokim Le Yefet. He gave wide dominions. And that's Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great got the benefit of this uh, zechut of Yefet, and he was able to rule the whole world. He didn't rule it too long. He was about 32 years old, I think, when he passed away. However, he was the beginning of the Greek Empire. When he died, the Greek Empire was split into three. You had the Greek Greeks, you had the uh, Seleucid Greeks, that's Antiochus, Machimor, and you had the Egyptian Greeks, that's Talmai. Talmai, the Egyptian Greeks. So it was split into three, and that was part of the history of the Greek Empire. Okay, so... Now, the Jewish people are being dominated by the Greek Empire, and for 180 years, they are being uh, uh, pursued 
by the Greeks, as I said, to to uh, to to adopt their uh, religion was which was a non-religion actually. So over here, let's see, we have over here, um, have over here the uh, unbelievable Gevura of Matityahu and his sons, Matityahu, Yehuda, Shimon, Elazar, and Yonatan. Matityahu and his sons. If it wasn't for them, I don't know what would have happened. Ramban says that the majority of the Amisael were siding, siding with the Hellenizers. The Hellenizers were, were very bad. They were very, very, very bad Jews that adopted the Greek uh, culture and wanted to, didn't want to live and let live. They wanted to force the other Jews to do the same thing. So, so these Sadiqim, headed by Matijahu, Kohen Gadol, they made a revolution. They, they, they made a revolution against the Greek Empire, which is unheard of. But they had Mesirut Nefesh, self-sacrifice, and Hashem helped them and made a big uh, miracle, the miracle of the war that they ended out. They were, uh, this war lasted for many, many, many years. Many years. It wasn't like one, two, three wars. Maybe uh, a 30-year war, if I'm not mistaken. Many years. In any case, we are the benefit of that, and we are celebrating Hanukkah based on two miracles. One is the miracle of the Pach Shemin, as the Chachamim tell us, that the, uh, that the uh, oil lasted for eight days. And we see that Hashem is with His people. That's the idea of the oil lasting for eight days. That Hashem is with His Jewish people. That He didn't forsake us. It looked like uh, it was over for the Jewish people. Just like it looked like it was over for Yosef HaTzadik. When he was sold, when he was thrown in the pit and then he was sold down to Egypt, people don't come back from being slaves in Egypt. They're finished. They're, they're abused. They're, who knows what happens to them. So he was put in the caravan. And the caravan, instead of having a very bad smell, which they normally do, tar smell, awful smell, garbage smell. It had a beautiful, sweet smell of perfume. So this this smell was Hashem giving him the notice, giving him the heads up that I'm still with Yosef. Same way that Hashem gives us the heads up on Hanukkah that he's still with the Jewish people then and till today. The fact that we're still here today, we have to know, is the biggest proof that a God is with Hashem Yudkei Hashem Elokei Yisrael is still with the Jewish people. Let's see now. So, so we had, as I said, we had this week, we had Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, and Hanukkah. And that's what they wanted to destroy. But we, 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 went, we, 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 we uh, uh, observed these three beautiful days, and uh, we're here, and they're not here, and we're celebrating them. This past Shabbat, we also have, as I said, we do B'ni Milat HaMuturah. Now, And we're also we're learning from the Parashat Shavuah, and we're living with Yosef Tzadik. We always live. The Jew lives with his Parashat Shavuah. Yosef Tzadik was uh, one of the greatest men that ever lived. Truth of the matter is, there's much um, space given in our Torah to the to Yosef Tzadik as almost as much as the building of Mishkan. I'm going to point out almost as much as the building of Mishkan. That's how important Yosef. That's how much Hashem was thinking about Yosef HaTzadik. In fact, he was the bridge. Yosef HaTzadik was the bridge from the Avot to Matan Torah. He wasn't as, he wasn't as great as the Avot, but he was, he, was, he, was, um, he was a bridge. He was just a little bit less than the Avot that he was able to navigate the Jewish nation through Mitzrayim to Matan Torah. In fact, it was because of his selection of Goshen, 
he selected the the um, he was able to to get the city of Goshen from Paro as a Jewish city. That's an unbelievable thing. And that because why? Because he wanted the Jews to live separately from the Goyim. That was Yosef's plan. That's one of the reasons why Yosef was so, it looked like he was very tough on them, tough on the brothers, because he wanted to make sure that they listened to him so they would say separate, they wouldn't assimilate. They wouldn't assimilate with the Goyim. So we're studying this amazing and enchanting tale of Yosef every year, Yosef and his brothers. And it always coincides with Hanukkah holiday and its miracles. And every year, we're thrilled to see the hand of Hashem in both cases. Now, Yosef has been in jail. And that jail is a pit. The pit over there, that jail with the Sada Mashkim and Sada Ofim, well, nobody gets out of that jail. That's a one-way ticket to the gallows. They don't, they don't, they don't uh, have a TV set in that jail. They don't, have, uh, they don't serve uh, you know, uh, nice meals in that jail. That's a, that's a pit. That's, that's exactly what it is. And it's a matter of waiting until your time is up. Now, Yosef has been in that pit for 12 years. He's been in it for 12 years. That's a long time, 12 years. 10 plus 2. And he got two extra years. Well, of course, they always ask, why did he get those two extra years? He could, well, they, they always say simply because he asked the Sarah Mashkim, Vizachatani Vizachatani. He asked him twice, remember me to Paro. Because he knew when he's getting out that this Sarah Mashkim has the ear of Paro. And I guess Yosef had... Uh, Ruach HaKodesh, which certainly had some kind of Ruach HaKodesh. You know, Paro had, had some uh, bad dreams. And Yosef knew that he gave Sarah uh, Mashkim the, the uh, interpretation, a good interpretation to his dream. So it would stand to reason that, that the Sarah Mashkim would tell Yosef, tell Paro that, you know, he's having some bad dreams. I have a guy in jail that I met. His name is Yosef. And he interpreted my dreams, a very good interpretation. And and uh, you might want to meet him. It could be good for you too. And this would also be good for Sadam Hashkim as well because he's giving you a good reference. And I'm sure he'll get a good reward for that as well. So Yosef figured on that and he got two extra years in jail for that to be refined. To be refined means not to count on anybody else except Hashem. Everybody shouldn't get the wrong impression. You have to do whatever you have to do, whatever you can do to save yourself. In other words, you have, if you have uh, for guys drowning in the river, and he, uh, he can grab a lifesaver, he has to grab the lifesaver. He has to grab the lifesaver. He can't just say, I want to count on you, Hashem. No, you, you grab the lifesaver. If you don't that, do that, you're a uh, you're making a sin. So that Sarah Mashkim was a lifesaver, just like the lifesaver in the river. But, uh, but you can't depend. You, you grab it, and then you ask Hashem for help, certainly. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Yosef uh, wasn't fully depending on the Sarah Mashkim, but on his level, there were some questions being asked. But he was being refined. That was the idea. Yosef was extra special. He was being sanded down for this job of bringing the Bnei Israel down to Mitzrayim, which is really the, 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 the bridge to bringing the Torah down to earth. Down to earth means down to the Kal Yisrael. All this was planned from the time of the creation. Planned. It says, Yom Hashishi Shesh Pesivan. Hashem said, Yom Hashishi on the sixth day, that's an allusion to the Shesh Pesivan. And if you don't keep, if you don't get the Shesh Pesivan, Shesh Pesivan, that Matan Torah, and that is the purpose of the world. And if not, the world will have to go back to Toh Babohu. So, so this is all planned by Hashem to bring the Jewish people down. And He was pulling out all the stops, Hashem, even the the free will. Hashem pulled out the free will as well. When he, when the, when the brothers threw him down the pit, he sold Joseph. Don't take it out against the brothers. 
they were they were following the plan of Hashem even against their will. That that's a chadush, even against their will, because Hashem's plan was and is to bring the Torah to the world, and especially to the Am Yisrael. And this is what Hashem was doing. Nothing's going to stand in His way. So the chief butler, Sanam Hashem, he owes yourself his life, right? Yosef gave a very good interpretation to his dream. Sarofim, he's dead. He was hung. The interpretation was bad. And we know that dreams follow the interpretation of the dream. We learn in Masechet Berachot. The dream follows the interpretation. of That's why if a person should ever have a dream, people have dreams, and you want to go to somebody, truth of the matter, you shouldn't go to anybody. Just uh, stick with the dream. But if you want to tell somebody your dream and let them know what you think about it, make sure you go to, some, go to a, a, a beautiful and kind rabbi that loves you that's going to say, oh, that dream, that's a great dream. It gives you a good interpretation to the dream so the dream would certainly be only good. So over here, the, the butler got a good interpretation to his dream, and this was to his benefit. He got out of jail. He was returned to his post, like Yosef, just like Yosef promised. But now finally, Paro is having a terrible time with his dream. He's got the seven fat cows, the seven skinny cows, the seven uh, stalks, fat stalks of wheat, the seven skinny stalks of wheat, the fat eats the skinny, the skinny eats the fat, excuse me, and they stay skinny. And that drove him crazy. Because normally when something skinny eats something fat, it'll fatten up. But over here, the, the skinny cows ate the fat cows, and they stayed skinny. And the same thing with the wheat. Shibulim. Now, Paro went to his wise men, and they came with terrible interpretations. They're going to have seven daughters. They're going to be killed. They're all kind of very, very bad, uh, gruesome interpretations which didn't fit well with Paro. Now you have to know, Paro, when he dreamt the dreams, he also dreamt the interpretation. He dreamt the dream, and he dreamt the interpretation as well. Now he didn't remember it. He didn't remember it, but he knew when he would, when he would hear the right interpretation, then it would come back to him. But as it was, so far he hadn't heard nothing. So he's, so he's now, every morning he's taking Tylenol, Advil, he's got headaches. And finally the Sarah Mashkim says, says, you know, Paro, what's going on? How you feeling? Hope you feel better because I'm having a terrible time with these dreams. With dreams, ah, oh, The Sarah Mashkim says, you know, I, I am, I am liable now. I remember my, my sins. I should have told you about this guy Yosef when I got out of when I got out of jail. I should have told you right about him. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was off. I was sinned. I sinned against Yosef, maybe, and I sinned against the Paro because I had the, uh, I had the, I had the. Um, the, um, the, 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 the cure for Paro. I had him in my hand, but I didn't tell you. I, I, I will tell you. And there's a guy in jail. His name is Yosef. And this Yosef, first of all, you have to know he was a very kind man, Yosef. He went to them, Madua Atem, so Madua Penechem, Ra'im Hayom. That's why they, they responded to him, because he had shown kindness. And kindness is the preface for greatness. Rabbi Miller always said that. Kindness is the preface for greatness. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, he was kind to the sheep. That's a prelude, that's a preface, that's a midah. It's a midah. Kindness is a midah. It's a character trait, and it's a preface to greatness. Look at the uh, Ribka. Ribka, she fed the sheep. She fed the sheep of Eliezer. But all that water was a kindness. Kindness is a preface to greatness. So this is a very important trait, and we saw over here by Yosef, the same thing, he was kind to Sadam Hashim Sadofim. However, the Drashi tells us that with Reshaim, and these, these Goyim are Reshaim. Don't, 
גויים בדרך כלל זה רשעים. זה רשע, he was afraid of his post, he didn't want to give yourself really full credit, because maybe it will, it will detract from his credit, and, 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 and anyway, so, so even the good things that רשעים, רשי tells us, even good things that רשעים say about people, there also there's a, there's a tinge of negativity in those good things that they say. So you have to be careful. When, when Rashad speaks even good about the Sadiq, he's trying to knock the Sadiq some way, some way. You got to look for that knock in there. So over here, the, so, so the Sadam Ashkim tells Paro, you know, I was in jail for 12 years with this boy, this guy, and he interpreted the dreams. He was very smart, very smart. And what does he call him? Na'ar Ivri Eved. Na'ar Ivri Eved. That means, Na'ar, the Trashi tells us, he was an imbecile. He was an imbecile. Ivri, oh, they hated Ivrim. Ivrim is a Jew. He's from the other side of the, he's from the other side. They couldn't stand Ivrim. They couldn't even eat with them. You know, now Parashat, the Mitzrim, even when Yosef, Yosef, the parasha, he, uh, he brought his brothers in and he made a little uh, 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 lunch for his brothers. He had to make it separate from the Mitzrim because the Mitzrim don't, don't break bread with the Ivrim. They don't eat with the Ivrim. Could you imagine that? The Mitzrim would not eat with it because they, they, they feel they're too high class. They feel the Ivrim stink. They smell. <coughs> they eat meat. They eat meat. They're meat eaters. They worship, uh, they worship their God. And they eat the gods of the Mitzrim. That's what they did. They eat Sheep, and the Muslim worship sheep, so this therefore they wouldn't even sit with them. So that's Avrim. They hated Avrim, <coughs> and Ebed. That's the lowest kind of character in the world. So that's what he's telling Paro. I sat in jail with this guy. He was a Nar Ibri Ebed. He was an imbecile. He was Ibri from the other side, and he was an Ebed. He was a slave. He's the lowest of the low. Now that's how you introduce the guy that saved your life. That's this Sadam uh, Ashkim. He's Kifui Tov. So we see over here, that's the worst ingratitude. That's the worst trade in the whole in the whole book. That's the worst trade in the whole book. In fact, we know that Adam HaRishon was kicked out of Gan Eden for Kifu Tova. Because he said, that wife that you gave me, that defective wife that you gave me, she's the reason that I ate from the fruit. It was, it was your fault, God. You gave me a defective wife. Kifu Tova. Kifu Tova. Ingratitude. That's the worst trade in the book. On the other side, gratitude is the number one trait in the whole book. That's the Yesod, shall call it Yesodot. That's the Yesod of every mitzvah. That's the Yesod, Yesod of Kol Midot. That's the Yesod of the Kol Torah. In fact, we say it in the Hallel, eight days in a row, we say, Ma'ashiv Hashem Kol Tagmuloi Eli. King David is talking. He was a prophet. King David is talking with Ruach HaKodesh. But this is the Yesod. You have to, let's, let's digest this for a second. Ma'ashiv Hashem. King David is talking. He says, what can I pay you back? How, what can I give you back? What can I return to you, Hashem? You can't return to Hashem anything. Hashem, uh, what are you going to pay him back? Call alai. Oh, I feel I owe you because all the gemilut chasadim that you gave me, all of the chesed, all the eyesight, all of the teeth, all of the talking, all of the walking, all of the hearing, all of the wife, all of the children, all of the parents you gave me, all of the roof over my head, all of the panasah, the job, the working, all the air, all the breathing, all the Torah you gave me. It wasn't for free. It didn't come for free. I know I got it from you. From you. I got to chew on it and digest it. 
and see how good it is and see how great it is. And now what do you got to do? You got to do something in return. You can't just be a taker. You have to at least raise that cup and say, God, I want to thank you for that. Mommy, I want to thank you for the dinner last night. Dad, I want to thank you for the warm house that you're warming up and heating it up for me and the roof over my head. Dad, I want to thank you for teaching me, for teaching me everything. Teach me how to how to be a man. Teach me how to go to shul. Teach me how to play some basketball. Teach me how to be a mensch. Teach me how to have me dotovot. Teach me how to have respect for my elders. All these things. I want to thank. That's the idea. That's a karatato of the foundation of the whole religion. So every mitzvah we do, put on you put on tefillin. It's thanking Hashem. Thank Hashem that He gave you a life. Put on tefillin. You thank Hashem He gave you an arm. Put the tefillin on. You put on mezuzah on your door. You thank Hashem that He gave you a door, gave you a house to put the mezuzah on your door. Now, all the whole the whole Torah, actually, there's a few years so that we are benefiting from the Torah. First year so we're benefiting from is hakaratato. Hashem gives us all the mezvot as opportunities to pay back, to give to show that we are not. Ingrates that we're gra- that we are grateful. And that's the biggest midah that we have to have. That's the biggest reason for all the mitzvot. The Shoah Karatatot. Another reason for mitzvot benefit is the Habdil Otanam in Hagoyim. Mitzvot are there to separate us, to make us differentiate us from the Goyim. We eat kosher food, they don't eat kosher food. We put on we put a, a tefillin on, they don't. We keep Shabbat, they don't. We put mitzvot on the door, they don't. We're not the same. We're different, and the Torah is making us different. The Torah, also, Torah is a Torah mizvot. And Torah is giving us mizvot to sanctify us, to make us holy. So it's a very big benefit. Every mizvah we do makes us holy, sanctifies us. Kiddeshanu, kadosh, separates us, sanctifies us, makes us perfect. Kadosh means shalem, makes us perfect. So, so that's another benefit we're getting from the Torah. Also, we have Torah is teaching us you want to eat unkosher uh, food? No. You have, you have to kovesh etitro. You want to have milk after meat? No. You have to control yourself. Self-control. Torah is teaching us self-control. Torah is giving us mitzvot. Fantastic. However, Torah is coming on to limud Torah. The mitzvot tell us if we just had mitzvot, we have to learn about the mitzvot. Can't keep Shabbat without learning about Shabbat. Can't keep kashrut without learning about it. Tiflin, all the mizvot are there for us to learn about it. So, so the Torah, the mizvot, is an opportunity. The benefit of mizvot is in order, in order for us to go learn about the mizvot. Another thing the Torah and mizvot gives us is an opportunity to earn olam haba. That's fantastic. Torah and mizvot are giving us opportunity ela to gain olam haba, to gain olam haba. The next world is forever. You say. Uh, 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 every Jew has a chilek in Olam any mitzvah you do it's payment forever and where do they pay that? they don't pay it over here they pay. They can give you interest over here but the payment is too big to pay you over here the payment is in Olam so we have there some of the benefits for mitzvot so over here we are now in the parasha now, before Yosef interprets Paro's dreams, Paro says, says, I heard that you, 
Yosef are the expert dream interpreter. Now Yosef is being tested again. Pitahon. Is it him? Is it not him? You know, and, and you know, to, to uh, contradict Paro is you're taking your life in your hands because nobody contradicts Paro. Paro is, the, is a despot leader. He's a dictator. He fancies himself as God himself. So whatever Paro says, you just keep your mouth shut. You don't tell him, no, excuse me, Paro. I'm not doing it. Somebody else, you'll tell him, take him out, go hang him. You contradicted me? No. But, but, but Yosef does it anyway. And he says, the big statement, he says, Bil Adai, it's not me. Well, Paro says, what do you mean? It's you. I heard that you're a good interpreter, a dream interpreter. He says, no, it's not me. Elokim et shalom Paro. Not me. He says, what do you mean? Elokim. Elokim is going to answer. Yosef is our model. Yosef, emunah and derech eretz is our model. And we know that Yosef lived really by four words. Et ha'elokim ani yareh. That's what he lived by. That's a model for us to live by. Et ha'elokim ani yareh. Means, I am aware of Hashem. When a person is aware of Hashem, the more a person is aware of Hashem, the more sadiq is going to be. Ain ro'ah. He thinks Hashem is watching him, is watching over him, <clears throat> protecting him. He's seeing everything he does. He's writing everything in the book. He hears everything he's thinking, in fact. So this is the, the, the level that we have to try to gain of Yirat Shemaim. Et, Elohim, Ani Yareh. That's Emunan Derech Eretz. Now we have to understand <clears throat> that Paro, Paro was an atheist. Certainly. He actually believed himself a god. And we know the paro later on. The other, the next paro in uh, Sefer Shemot, he didn't even, he tried to hide the fact that he went to the bathroom. He used to go early in the morning in the Nile to the bathroom. So nobody would see him go to the bathroom because he wants people to think he's God. And God doesn't go to the bathroom. But, you know, Moshe caught him going into the Nile in the bathroom and he uh, embarrassed the, uh, the paro. Then he... Uh, and, and that's what Moshe did. He saw him going, dipping into the Nile. But this Paro actually believed himself like a god. The truth of the matter is, he, he, he held people's lives in his hand like a god. Like, like a Caesar. Thumbs up, thumbs down. And nobody was there to go against Paro. And he says, And Yosef, Continues to cite the word Elohim. Says it at least five times. Five times. Kindles say Elohim, 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 Elohim. Yanet Shalom Paro. Everything is Elohim. It's like he's, it's like he's, uh, he's, he's. I don't say he's sticking, sticking it into the face of Paro, but he's certainly uh, showing Paro that that he counts on Hashem Elohim for everything. Was Paro doesn't believe in Elohim. Finally, Paro says it's. It, it, finally, this seems to affect Paro. It's a, it, it, it's a, it becomes it, it's a, an influence on Paro, let's say. And Paro says, can we find another one like this, Yosef, where Ruach Elohim Bo? Now Paro says the word Elohim. As there's a word, there was a spirit and God in him? Wow. So we learn a great lesson, another lesson from Yosef. Yosef has given the interpretation as requested and is done as commanded by Paro. And now Yosef takes a chance with his life and continues to offer his un- solicited advice to Paro. Gave the, he gave the dream, finished, he did his job, he said seven years, seven good years, seven bad years, and Paro liked the interpretation. Now, Yosef 
sticks more in. Paro didn't ask him uh, uh, advice what to do. All he, Paro asked him, give me the interpretation. Yosef said, he saw an opening. Yosef saw an opportunity. He saw that Hashem get, granted him an opportunity to go for more. And he had bitachon. Yosef had bitachon. That, that opportunity was created by Hashem. And the opportunity was to grab the reins of this opportunity. Because just to say, there's going to be seven good years, seven bad years, and what's, what's Paro going to do with that? So Yosef said the following. He said, now Yosef takes a chance, and he says, number one, A, find a wise and discerning man to be in charge. Number one, he tells Paro, you know, you're in a situation here with the, God, with, the, with, the, with the country. You need to find a wise and discerning man to be in charge, number one. Number two, he says, he should, be, he should then appoint overseers and prepare the land. Oh, you should find a wise man. And this wise man should, should prepare overseers, seconds in command, to prepare the land. Second piece of advice. Number three. Gather food and save it during the seven years of plenty. Number three. Third piece of advice. Don't squander the food. Don't let people just get Because you have a lot of food, a lot of money. Don't just give it out and people are going to have a good time with it. No. You have to save it. And Yosef had a whole plan to save it. They didn't have refrigerators in those days. How did he save the food? He was able to freeze-dry the fruit. He was able to dry it out in the sun. He was able to, he, 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 he made caves under the ground where, the, where, it's, where it's cool in those caves to, to, so that the food would, would not rot. He had all kinds of plans how to save uh, the bare necessities the, of grain, which were able to, to then use the grain to, create, to make bread. That's the staple of life, bread. So he was able to do that. I don't think he was able to save tomatoes but, uh, or fruit. I don't know. Yosef was a genius. He could have done anything. But for sure they saved uh, wheat and barley and staples. They saved it the way they saved it. And next piece of advice was you got to safeguard it. Oh, just because you're saving it ain't no good. When people are hungry, they'll break down the doors and steal it. They'll break down the banks and steal the money. So he said, no, you got to find a way. You got to put guards around it. You have to safeguard it. You got to lock up the food. Otherwise, otherwise you're gonna, people are going to be hungry. They're going to go wild. And they're going to come after that food and they'll, uh, they'll wipe you out. And then, next last piece of advice is, and you have to have a system to dispense it during the seven years of famine. So not only should you have to save it, you have to have a system how to give it out. How to give it out. How to give it out to the right people, the amount, what amounts to give it out. It's like a, like a, like a welfare system kind of a thing. A certain amount of children in the house, you get a certain amount of... Uh, weight of uh, corn, barley, wheat, certain amount that's, that's a, so they can survive. So Yosef gave, offers five tiers, five pieces of stellar advice, unbelievable advice to Paror, how the country is going to survive. But the first, first piece of advice, find the man. Find the great man that's going to do all these things. That's, that's the first piece of advice. <clears throat> so Yosef is teaching us that opportunities are sent to all of us by Hashem. And we must realize it and take full advantage. And we have to save. No, sure. No, no, sure. We should examine them first, these opportunities. We should have confidence that Hashem will help, help us. Bitachon and Umunah and Derech Eretz. And then we have to go and do something about it. And that's what Yosef is teaching us over here. When there's an opening, we have to know Hashem. Me'et Hashem hai tazot hini flat be'enenu.
Hashem is giving us these opportunities, and we have to have bitachon that Hashem that these opportunities are for our benefit. But we can't let them fall by the wayside. These opportunities. Now, Rabbi Victor Miller used to get very excited, very very excited every year when these stories of Yosef and his brothers, this roller coaster ride that Yosef went through. He was being he was uh, seventeen. He was uh, how he was adored by his father. He was Ben Zekunim. He was a he was a genius. He learned by his father's lap for so many years, and then he was sold as and his brothers went after him, <clears throat> and they were they tried to kill him, throw him in a pit, and there was snakes in the pit and scorpions, and he was uh, he was taken out of the pit and then sold as sold as a slave to Egypt, and all this whole ride it's like a it's like an unbelievable uh, movie uh, Labdil. And then he's uh, taken in by Potiphar. Potiphar is, is uh, impressed by Yosef's acumen and his uh, diligence and his blessed, everything he does, he's blessed by Hashem. Everything he does for Potiphar is done perfectly and with a blessed nature. And then, then it looks pretty good for Yosef at that point. He's doing very good. Then Potiphar's wife goes goes crazy and she goes after Yosef and she, and she tries to make him uh, sin with her and he wouldn't do it. It's an unbelievable thing. He's 17 years old. He wouldn't do it because he saw his father's face. He saw his father's teaching in front of him all the time. He had a he had he had a gibor uh, He had nerves of steel, iron, and he was a uh, he didn't want to make a chelul Hashem. Also, so we see all this going on over the last uh, parashiot, and Rabbi Miller would go crazy over these parashiot. He would really he'd be living with the parasha, really living with the parasha. And when it came to this point over here, I saw it with my own two eyes. I saw it, and then I asked him to do it. When Paro, when 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 Yosef interpreted the dreams, and Paro was went went for it, hook, line, and sinker, and he said, "That's my boy. That's the dreams. Those are the, those are the interpretations that I that I gave." And then Paro, he said, "Can we find another guy like this?" I said, "Ruach Elohim, bo. I'm going to do all of his suggestions. I'm going to do. In fact, I'm going to go even more than that." So now. Paro, Yosef is standing in front of Paro. And, and what happens? Paro picks, Rabbi Miller would show, as, would make a pantomime. He would pick up his, his hand. He would pick up his, leg, his left hand. And he would spread his fingers, the rabbi. I remember it like yesterday. And <clears throat> one time I asked the rabbi to demonstrate this. He told me, you know how to do it. You demonstrate it. He's, I said, rabbi, the boys don't want to see me do it. They want to see you do it. So he said, okay. And he did it for us. He held up his hand, and he put his he put his he put his uh, hand around his finger as if he was taking off the ring, and he took the ring off, like Paro took the ring off his finger, and he put it on his other hand, and like Paro was putting the ring on Yosef's finger, and now the rabbi said, the rabbi said, that's our boy, Yosef is our boy, he's the king of the world, Yosef is the king of the world, unbelievable. He this Evan, this cornerstone that the that the Masu that it was despised, the brothers despised him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to throw. They threw him in the pit. They sold him down the river. He was Maus. They hated him. But what happened? Hayatale Rosh Pina. He became the king of Egypt. Was second to the king of Egypt, but he ran the whole country. He became the king of Egypt. How could that happen? How could such a thing happen? It's some of the the truth of the matter is. Paro should just give him a couple of million dollars and a nice house and Shalom al Israel, goodbye Charlie. What would it what would cause Paro to give him the whole country under his under his hand? Doesn't make sense. 
It's unbelievable. There must be something more to it. And there was. This whole scene, the whole scenario that Paro should give over his beloved country to this Nar Ebed Ibri, this despised boy, Nar Ebed, this imbecile, like, like the Sarah Mashkim Machshemo called him, tried to denigrate him. But Paro saw through it. Paro wasn't a dip, Paro wasn't a, wasn't a dope. Paro saw that Yosef was indeed blessed. He was a blessed person. And everything he said was true. Because Paro did dream the interpretation of Paro, and, and Yosef gave him exactly the interpretation that he dreamt. So, so Paro did a very smart thing by giving over the country to Yosef. But it what? <clears throat> Hashem he, 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 he produced it he, he, all in this manner for one reason, that we should see that God was manipulating everything. And we have to see that God manipulates the world all the time. And he's manipulating everything since, since the world began. He manipulates things where the second guy comes in first. Yosef was the despised he came in first. David HaMelech wrote it about himself. He was despised. He was the smallest of the, of the boys of Yishai. And he was also uh, thought of as not even a Jew from Moab. And he was left out in the field. And yet, what happened to him? He became king of Israel. And also, this is a plan in history. But Miller discovers this. He, 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 he looked into it, and he discovers this as a plan throughout history. And the more you, the more you look into it, the more you'll see many, many of this type of plan throughout history. Let's see. Some examples he brings is Yishmael. Yishmael was older than Yitzchak, but Yitzchak was chosen. He became first. And Esav, he was the firstborn. But Yaakov was the chosen one. Now, Yosef was the youngest, as we said. Yosef was chosen. David was the youngest, however, any youngest, and and suspected, but, but he became King David. Now, the most, and, and we could find also Shet, you have Cain and Havel and Shet, and there's many, many other examples of the second horse coming in first. Second horse. You had a horse, you had a horse race, you have a favorite, you have a long shot. Usually the favorite comes in. The long shot hardly ever comes in first. But over here, Hashem is showing you that long shots, many times, he's bringing them in first. Why? Why is he doing that? Why make them first? Maybe Yosef should have been first. David should have been first. He would have come in first. No. Hashem says, then it would look like it's natural. It would look like it's TVE. There would be no, no, no surprise. Ramil called it surprises in history. The surprise is that you see, Me'et Hashem HaTazot, that Hashem is manipulating history, that He's running everything. He's been running everything since the beginning. <clears throat> so when we see these kind of situations, that, that the despised one, the second one coming in first, that is in order for us, Me'et Hashem HaTazot. And we have to know it's all in Nimshal. The Nimshal is that there's the most despised thing in this whole wide world. And the Greeks saw that. The Greeks made them even also despised. The most despised thing in the whole wide world is the Yehudim. The Jewish nation is the most despised nation in the whole wide world. They're the best nation, the most stellar nation, but they're the most despised nation. Hashem has created them to be despised because Hashem wants to separate them from the Goyim. That's, that's a whole other talk. We're not going to go into that tonight or today. But the fact is they are despised. They've been despised. They're hated. They've been spat upon. They've been burnt. They've been, they've been uh, anything. They've been made lampshades out of them. The Jewish nation has been despised. But you have to know 
Even they are really the greatest. And at the end of time, even till today, they're going to be the top of the building, top of the edifice. They are the best of the best. The fact of the matter is, we're the best right now. The best is the loyal Jewish nation is the best. And the ones that were the time of, of, of the Yevanim, the loyal ones, they lasted. They lasted out. They outlasted. The Mitchavnim went by the wayside. They became the Tzidokim. Tzidokim, Mitchavnim, the reformers, the non-believers, they're all gone. The reformers today have 70-80% uh, assimilation. Assimilation means they disappeared. The married Goim, you disappeared. The Mitchavnim, they're not here anymore. You got to dig under the ground to find the Mitchavnim. Even the Yevanim, you can't find them. Tzidokim, they're gone. The, the, the Hashem even destroyed the Beit HaMittash to get rid of the Tzidokim. You hear what? That's a Chadush. Hashem destroyed his own house, the Beit HaMittash, to get rid of the Tzidokim because they were running everything. They had money and power and they, and, and they, were, they were like worms inside of the Jewish nation. And Hashem had only one way to get rid of them and that was to destroy the Beit HaMittash just to get rid of the Tzidokim. Now, we have to know the whole idea is of Hanukkah. The big idea of Hanukkah <clears throat> and Hashem wants to give us the heads up then and until now that Hashem has not abandoned his Jewish people. Because you have to know the at that time that Amban tells us that the majority of the Jews were on the side of the Greeks. And that was the problem. The war was against the Jewish Greeks. And they they were Jews. They looked like us, they smelled like us, they ate like us, but they were they they, they were far away. They already became Greek, these Jew these Jews. They even tried to reverse the Bidit Milah. That's how far they went. Imagine that. They tried to reverse the Bidit Milah. A lot of them died from infection trying to reverse the Bidit Milah. That's a fact. So so we have to know the fact that we're here, us loyal Jews, the ones that are here today, we're celebrating Hanukkah. And we don't celebrate it with a with the Xmas tree next to it. We celebrate real Hanukkah. Hanukkah with the Ma'usur, light the candles, Shesh Kedishanam, Ner Hanukkah. We have our children next to us. We thank Hashem for Hanukkah. The real Jews, the loyal Jews, those are the ones that are here today. You're talking about they're saying about on a on a long shot, about ten percent of the Jewish people in the world today are considered uh, uh, observant Jews. We'll give them 10. It's less than 10, but let's give them the 10. 10, you keep Shabbat, keep Kashrut. Uh, they fast on uh, on Yom Kippur. Did they put on Tefillin? Let's say they put on Tefillin. Did they keep uh, the Hilchot Nida? I don't know about that, but give them the, say 10% out of 15 million. That's uh, one and a half million Jews today that are left over from all these generations. And really, it's um, a miracle that we have a million to a million and a half observant Jews. And they're going down the drain mostly today. I mean, the observant ones are increasing, but the non-observant ones are disappearing. That's what's happening in the world today. So, is that the shame? We're going to be here at the end of time. We'll be here at the time of Mashiach. We'll be, we'll be here. The observant ones, we're sending our kids to who are observant schools, and we are uh, very uh, proud of it. We're proud of our observant Jews. So we are saying, well, one more thing I just wanted to say is like this. The Maccabim had a mantra. Their mantra was very important because when Matijao killed the general of the Greeks, he took, his, he took his life into his hands. The Greek general came to town and he wanted to sacrifice a pig, a pig on the altar. Sacrifice a pig. And he asked, and he called for a Jew to do it. And it was a Hellenizer Jew that did it. Mitchavnim, uh, the Reformed Jews, the Halas. Uh, Haskalah Jews, the Reformed Jews, they did it. Yeah, I'll do it. 
because they're going to offer, they give them money. You know, the, 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 the Greeks, when they had these uh, uh, turncoat Jews go on their side, they gave them a house, they gave them money, they gave them uh, a camel, whatever, they gave them a car. They, they, they rewarded them. So there was an enticement there. They did that. So, so Metajau, he went ahead and risked his life. He wasn't a young man at the time. He was an older man. And he said after when he, when he killed the, the general, and he killed the Jew too, killed them both. This was a declaration of war against the Greek Empire. Imagine this little band of Jews, five Jews declared war, five rabbis declared war against the whole Greek Empire. Of course, as the time went on, they had guerrilla warfare. That didn't do anything. It was only Hashem's warfare. Hashem went behind his people. They couldn't defeat the Greek Empire. Could you, de- could you declare war on America and defeat America? <laughs> you can't defeat America. Impossible. America's, the Greek Empire was like America. So, so what happened? Matijao said, let, they called them the Maccabim. Hashmonaim and the Maccabim. Maccabim was their symbol. Mi kamoha ba'elim Hashem. We are loyal to you, Hashem. And it's that loyalty that, that Hashem saw in the Maccabim then, 2150 years ago. And over these years, the 2000 years have passed and the loyal Jews, the ones that are still loyal to Hashem, Hashem protected them then and is protecting us now Bezat Hashem, and we're going to be protected all the way till the Mashiach comes have a great Hanukkah, you should have a good Chodesh Tov and a good week everybody should enjoy your Hanukkah Hag Sameach